Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, and for those uh, listening to us on audio format, happy Monday morning. Hope your week goes well. Uh, for those watching us on Facebook Live, thank you for joining us as we do a little bit of baseball brunching, uh, the show before all the games, the Sunday afternoon games start. And we're mostly going to be talking about fantasy baseball today, as uh, that is our shtick. But we hope to uh, entertain and inform along the way, educate, educate, <laughs> do some uh, scouting, baseball scouting statistically and uh, eyeball testing as we normally like to do around here. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am great. Glad to be back. Got another uh, jam-packed uh, episode for you guys. You know, last week we talked a lot about, you know, starting pitching and the injuries that have plagued starting pitching. And, and it seems like it's really continued in the, into this week. And we tried to move past it, but I, I felt that we should talk about it since it just – it doesn't seem to end with these injuries. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's constant. Um, it, it's – you know what it is, Sean, nowadays it's like if you – like like starting pitchers, it's getting to the point where they're not even. Uh, it seems to me like they're not even counted on to get to five innings. Like if you can get like three or yeah. four innings out of these guys, it's it's a victory. And like wow, it just um, it's turned fantasy and just baseball in general upside down. But at any rate, we want to start it. We wanted to start the show with the fan tracks league, the baseball life. Fantrax League, uh, as uh, that is a keeper league, it's uh, underway, it's up and running. And let me you know what, let me share my screen here if you don't mind. Let me know if it shows up or not. I know we've had issues with it before showing up on the first uh, try. And for those on the audio only version of it, I'm literally just showing off the standings in the Baseball Life League. Um, that's uh, being sponsored by Fantrex this year. So thank you for them. for Yeah, and they hooked us up with premium as well. So shout out to all the guys over there, Eric Cross, uh, Mike Carlin. It was awesome. You guys definitely have customers for life now. Yeah, yeah. For baseball life, for sure. Yeah. Uh, from baseball life members. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's the standings. Sean is dominating as always. Uh, Jet Dry uh, is right there with you. I, I think you guys tied, right? Yes, he was my one tie. And for those wondering why there's so many games already played, it's because we're doing a, what do they call it, a bi-weekly league? Is that bi-weekly. Is? So we have one period that's four days and one period that's the Friday, Saturday, Sunday on weekends. So, yeah, that's why it's like we're already in eight games in. Uh, Felipe's in third place. Uh, let's see. And, and, again, just look at this. 137.5 <laughs> points for 60.5 points again. It's not a points league, but I think that they're counting the categories. You yeah, those are the, each categories you win each week, so. Uh, and, and so it's not surprising to see who the top four is. Mario Mergola, uh, even though he's he has a 500 record, uh, shout out to the parody in our league. But Mario hey, Mergola is in fourth place. And hey, 500 gets you into the playoffs in real life baseball this season. So why not in fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's not surprising to see like the the so called experts because I, I think uh, well Jet would call himself an expert. But <laughs> and I will say this. After the draft, I was I was worried for for Jet's team. I thought he did not have a great draft. I love yeah. you, Jet, but I thought it was not a good draft. And yeah. he here he is. The joke's on us. He's six one and one, same record as me. Yeah, and uh, but no one can touch you, man. I think that was a fluky tie more than anything. But uh, <laughs> at this point, you're just running away. I'm just waiting for all the injuries to catch up to you. I mean. And- we, we say this, and if you don't mind uh, pulling up the scoring period or my matchup with Henry last week, because I do think there are some cracks in my team that are starting to show. And that is back-to-back 
scoring periods, uh, Monday through Thursday, and then this weekend, um, as you'll see as he pulls it up. Uh, my hitting was was solid, but Henry's offense was just he, Henry, Henry whooped me. And uh, talking about period, period the, eight. Yes. Uh, and the oh. main reason I lost against Henry was a uh, – you mind hitting up summary real fast so we can see the total stats? Oh, sure. Yes. And then go all the way down to pitching. Your eyes do not deceive you, people. I had a 13.1 ERA, and that was over 22 innings pitched. And it didn't get much better this weekend. Going into today, my team has a uh, 7.2 ERA after Brandon Bielek got just absolutely shellacked by the Padres last night. So I'm hoping my pitching can kind of stabilize. My offense is solid. I'm not worried about it. But uh, my pitching's starting to crack, and I'm worried. Yeah, um, I know that that was something that we talked about with your team, that you were, that you had a late start to starting pitching because of uh, – uh, <laughs> Just the way the draft to, went. <laughs> this is the, Henry wants to point out that, hey, I had two less players on offense also. So – even when he wins, he's using excuses. Oh my god! Hey, hey but you had the right. Ra- <laughs> hey, maybe having two less helped out your ratios because you were. I think you batted like almost three hundred or well over three hundred in that scoring period. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about uh, shrinking it to like just a few days instead of a whole week, as you get that variance intact uh, effect in, in, in play there. So, but uh, getting back to your team though, you did say you got a late start because you had a horrible. Uh, time drafting pitchers starting pitchers in the yeah. draft but you made off for it in the on waivers and now it looks like it's biting you back so it, it's um it's a tricky thing to gauge but yeah. moving on with the standings so you notice that the top four teams are well over you know in terms of point differential are in the positive everybody else i think they're in the negative like including uh who, who's comfortably in first i forgot that i believe is our good friend james handabode uh, yes, uh, right here. Let me see if I can pull up his team. There it is. And then the next guy up is a Swolke Jack Jacket Tani. That's uh Whelan. Whelan. Yeah, yeah Whelan. Uh yeah, uh James is uh doing pretty well um for having a lot of guys that I liked because I liked his draft originally. He had Yelich, uh Keston Hira, and comfortable yes. okay. and a lot of these guys that he has are just like struggling so mightily out of the gate. Of course he has Conforto for which his team is named after solid move, James. Um, (laughs) But it's just tough for him because most of his big time hitters like Yelich and whatnot have just struggled so mightily. Oh my God. So Henry's uh, yeah, he's a, We'll get to his team, but he's already talking about, I had to drop guys here and add them to the IL. Like, Sean, have you not had any injuries at all? Is that I – let me – I will pull it up for you. I had Nick Madrigal go on the IL. Yeah. Um, I have Pomeranz on the IL. He was getting me a lot of uh, holds and saves early on. And I want to say I had one or two other injuries, but they were guys I had to drop. Yeah. Uh, I had. Uh, I, I, I've been relatively lucky so far with injuries. I had Ken Giles, Hector Neris, Keone Kella as my relief cord when I started the season, <laughs> and that uh, they're all gone now. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John surgery. Uh, yeah, that's always Ma- a yikes. Mike Mustakas, Glavar Torres over here. Uh, so yeah, spare me the excuses, man. Come on. 
uh, Andrew uh, Sullivan brings up a good point that his injured pitching is better than his actual pitching right now. (laughs) He has on the IL of starting pitchers, Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, Alex Wood, Sandy Alcantara, and Madison Bumgarner. And I believe the main reason he picked Sale was at this point in the draft, we knew Sale was going to be out for the year. But it being a keeper league, he's still someone that you could contemplate, you know, actually keeping year to year. So he he took a bit of a risk there. And then Corey Kluber, you know, lasted all of one inning. So he's uh, he picked up a couple of guys. He's a big Dustin May fan. Uh, picked up Christian Javier for Houston. So I've liked how he's pieced together his rotation. I, I think it's uh, not as bad as he's making it out to be. Is he big dinger energy? Yes, he is big oh, dinger okay. energy. Yeah, so he's uh, s- scrapping and surviving there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I disagree on the whole Chris Sale thing. And it's like you guys can see the writing on the wall that he's been overused. Uh, that they the, the weird arm angle finally caught up to him. I, I love as White Sox fans. As White Sox fans, we always were afraid of Chris Sale's arm just falling off. The way he throws, it's like you expect it. Yeah, it's like too much torque and bent going on. And, 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 you know, God bless him. He survived this long, and he got a World Series championship out of it. Um, uh, But, um, no, man, it's like he's on the wrong side of 30 at this point. There was a lot of uh, warning signs. Same thing with Corey Kluber. And it's like, I mean, you reap what you sow, man. you got to... You gotta know when to drop. Uh, when you gotta know when that hill's about to go down on some of these guys. And but you know it is a keeper league, so it might pay off dividends for him. But I I just don't see it. Uh, I think this is uh, now we're getting to the guys who are sub five hundred, which is uh, I think this is Jim Graves from Rhode Island. I and, believe so. Yeah, uh, chicks dig the long ball. I think Aaron won the championship last year. Yes, she yeah. she won the championship, and I haven't looked at her team, but I want to say she had some injuries last time I looked. Um, yeah, she's missing both Albies and Donaldson. That those are two big pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Still has Mookie Betts and Will Myers. You know, both of them performing very very well. Um, her pitching, she lost Charlie Morton and and Nick Anderson. Um. Bueller's kind of underperformed. I, I want to say he, yeah. she, he was a high pick for her. Uh, that was, wow. yeah, her second overall pick, and he's just kind of been middle of the road so far. But um, she's hanging in. Like I said, I, I think everyone will – as long as you can stick around 500, um, you got a chance in this league. Uh, there's our guy, King Henry, uh, King Puti. Uh, we just mentioned his team, and he already talked about his excuses. And- <laughs> as he dethroned me. <laughs> yeah, uh, may, hey, you know what? Maybe him beating you this past period is his way of uh, going on the way up. You know, we talk yeah. about downhill. Now he's going up the hill, and but yeah, he's uh, he's always someone I gotta look out for because you never know with him. Because um, this guy plays in one hundred dollar plus fantasy baseball leagues, so it's like, what kind of maniac plays in one hundred dollar plus baseball leagues? His guys- his pitching staff is fantastic and would be much better if he wasn't starting some bum like Masahiro Tanaka. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, Denelson Lamette, three guys who have been three of the best pitchers in the National League. Um, and then he also has Mike Clevenger, but of course, after his whole charade, is we don't know when he's going to make another start. So. Uh, and I, I guess I got to point out that he is in a two-game winning streak. So, hey, like I said, maybe this is the start of something for him. So, look out for Henry's team. Be, it's be the start of something new. 
this guy. Yeah, you're chipper this morning. Chipper Jones over here. You're more yeah. chipper than chipper. Hey. Jeez, have you have you li- let's uh, let's change gears a little bit uh, while we finish up with the two worst teams in the league. Have you listened to any of the Chipper Jones uh, calling of the baseball games on ESPN? I want to say he did the Mets game, or he called in for the Mets game when it was Smoltz and uh, I can't remember who the play-by-play guy was. And he was like absolutely, it was like through a Zoom call, and he just sounded like so out of it. I, I don't know. He 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 doesn't look right there. He looks awkward. He sounds awkward. He sounds like he'd rather be somewhere. Yeah, anywhere that, that's that's he. It, it, it looked like disinterested at best. That's the thing with former players, man. They just want to play, but when you get them behind the mic, it's not so easy now, is it? You just nope. can't sit back and talk about how we used to do it in the back in the day. I mean, I mean, some of them do. Yeah, I was like, some do. <laughs> some of them do, but Chipper can articulate it that way. I don't understand why. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, it must be a Florida thing. I don't know. Yeah, Henry's right. Oh, my God, Chipper's so boring. I mean, that's the way you got to say it. It's so boring with Chipper. Uh, well, Ponzi's, who's that guy? That's um, Andrew O'Sullivan. That, that's Jacob. That's Jacob uh, Moses. Snap. Too many Mets fans in this group. Yeah, we got, um, we got all the Mets fans. Yeah, all the Mets fans. Uh, wow, Jacob, I didn't realize he was that bad. What's wrong with his team? Uh, let me pull it up. I want to say he whiffed on a, a big overall pick. Um, he has Baez. Baez is struggling mightily. Uh, Manny Machado the same way. Ronald Acuna's, you know, kind of been so-so coming out of the gate. And he's injured um, too, I think. He has Bryce Harper, who's having a, a legitimate MVP type year. Yeah. But just I think the other guys like Baez, Machado, um, are really kind of holding him back. And His pitching is meh. meh. Uh, Patrick Corbin, Max Freed, I like both of those guys. And Chris Paddock, I like him. But aside from that, I don't think he has a legitimate closer. Uh, Brandon Workman, who just was in the first, you know, real trade of the season, um, is going to assume that closer's role in Philadelphia. And, of course, as he joined, it was like a rite of passage, like all Philadelphia relief pitchers. He blew his first game, blew the save in his first game. Um, But – he has the a good enough peripherals and a great curveball that he might be able to, you know, net some saves. Um, but that's really his only uh, legitimate relief pitcher. So that might be what's holding him back in, you know, the holds and uh, saves category. Well, uh, I hope Jacob's listening this morning because this would be the episode to help him out. You know what? Every episode would help out uh, Jacob's team at this point and uh, Mike Harvey's team as well. Uh, Molina is better than Trout. Well, you, you piss off the baseball the gods. Baseball gods yeah. This is what happens to you, Mike, out of Eastern Washington. Cardinals fan out of Eastern Washington uh, as he has struggled mightily well, um, to get anything going. Do you want me to tell you why he's struggling mightily? Yes, that's the purpose of this uh, second He here. He is a big-time Cardinals fan. And I like, <laughs> I like the Cardinals too. But let me just read you off his starting lineup. Um, catchers, we don't care about them. They're Martin Maldonado, Max Stassi. Uh, yeah. This is where it gets interesting. First base, a Cardinal, Paul Goldschmidt. Second oh. base, another Cardinal, Colton Wong. Third base, another Cardinal, Matt Carpenter. And then left field, another Cardinal, Tyler O'Neill. And you're talking about that's like six guys, and he has Paul DeYoung on his IL list as he's still recovering from COVID. Wish him the best. He's supposed to be back, I believe, on Monday. But uh, that's one, two, three, four – five guys that he expected to be in his starting lineup 
that didn't play baseball for two and a half weeks. Yeah. And when you're in a categories league where you need to accumulate these plate appearances and these stats, even if they're doing terrible, at least they're getting you some base hits, some RBIs. When you lose that many guys, it's hard to win games. So he's probably been the player most affected by COVID so far, I'd say in our fantasy league. Yeah, I mean, those Homer guys, the guys who only pick the, their hometown teams, they're the worst, like me with the Mets, you know. But <laughs> <at> any... <laughs> it's okay. I'll send you a Mets hat one of these days. No, please don't. I don't want to be confused. No, Maybe a Cindergard close... jersey. There you go. Now you're talking. <laughs> Hell, at this point, Dominic Smith, uh, J.D. Davis. I love me, the Mets players, man. The Mets as a team, I don't like them, but. And their colors, they look too much like the Knicks. I don't even, I don't even know look, why – honestly, I don't even know why Yankee fans bother becoming Knicks fans. They should just be Brooklyn Nets fans to match the color scheme a little bit. But that's just me. And that is the um, the standings. Uh, any Anything surprising you with these uh, 12 teams here, uh, Sean? Uh, not that I can really say. I just hope I hold on to my lead. <laughs> I, I really do. <laughs> Well, because we I'm off a, to such a hot start, and I'm talking a lot of crap in the in the group chat. You know, it's I like I told the guys. I got. It's like I told the guys. You know, this man right here tells you who he's gonna go after, who he's gonna pick up, who he's eyeing, who he's targeting, and he's still dominating. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. But now we do have a playoff format. This is not like the Spanish Premier League or the or the English Premier League. But, in soccer where it's just the regular season and then you're done for it. No, you still got to uh, test your luck uh, in the playoffs. So none of this matters at the end. You just got to keep winning those games. But you're off to a great start as always. Uh, like I mentioned the last time we were talking about our league, you're off to a great start then. You're off, you're still continuing the great start now. I'm picking up steam though and Jets right behind you. Margola is going to Margola. There's another guy you got to be careful, man, because Margola yeah, just – Especially Boy. with this team, he's got Trout, Judge. He's, he's got a fantastic Jesus team. Uh, I, I want to say his big thing was his pitching is not healthy. Uh, I, I would have to double-check myself, though. Uh, uh, um, well, shoot, is anybody's pitching healthy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like we talked about last week, it's it's a bit of a, a crapshoot when it comes to pitching. Um, yeah, he his number one guy was Flaherty, just like I had in another league, and miss all those starts. Um, Matthew Boyd has absolutely just, you know, shit the bed. And th- th- that's two big starters for him. And he's gotten by with Luke Weaver and Zach Gallon, both Arizona arms. Uh, so that the pitching has been his his weakness. And, of course, he lost Kopech when he lo- he opted out. Uh, Chapman's been injured for most of the year, so he lost out a lot of saves there. Craig Kimbrell has an 11 ERA, end of story. So – and he has a Wait. roster alert. What is that? What's it, what's his problem? Oh, look at him! Dun dun he better, dun! You better fix that. <laughs> Rule Nazis inbound. <laughs> you better fix that, Tariq Subal, man. Yeah, yeah, he. What? Speaking of, you wanted to talk about one last thing that happened on your team this week, right? Yeah, I, I had your team up on the screen here, but then you started talking about Margola's team, so I just wanted to kind of quickly skim by it. Uh, luckily for Margola, he does have two reserve spots, but yeah, he needs to yeah. change. He got Jason Dominguez. What are what these Homer picks, man? <laughs> I had to admire. Like you can always say, "Hey, hey, guys, those guys are really good players, so that's why I picked them up." But still, Homer picks are gonna Homer pick. <laughs> so that's the guy who all, with all the White Sox players on his team. But anyway, <laughs> let's go back to your team really quick. Um, you are Mad Dog Magical, name after yes. second baseman Nick Magical. Uh, you picked up Joey Bart. 
Chancisco, uh, which uh, we're going to be talking about these catchers in a little bit. Uh, what anything happened out of the ordinary for you this week? This week was mainly uh, once again my starting pitching just crapping out again, but uh, I I believe I dropped Brian Reynolds and then I I just added him back. Um, just when I was ready to give up on him, he goes and he has like five hits in two games or something like that. Um, two eighteen batting average. Jose Ramirez is starting to. He's got a really low BABIP, and I'm kind of hoping that's all this is, is just really bad BABIP luck. I looked into it, and he's exit velo's down a little bit, but expecting batting average is still pretty good. I stolen bases, though. You can't argue. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I'm getting the stolen bases. I, I'm winning stolen bases just about every week, which when I drafted guys like Jose Ramirez and Trevor Story, that's what I expected. And Kyle Tucker's chipped in four as well, which is awesome. And I'm sorry, this is uh, – I, I can't see because of the thing there, but it's stolen base net, so. Yes. Uh, what is it? Stolen base minus caught stealing? Is yeah, that minus caught stealings, yeah. You talked about your pitching. Let's go down to your pitching staff. There's John, by any means necessary, Frankie Montez, Zach Wheeler, Brandon Bialik, uh, uh, who you just mentioned. I think I just butchered his name, but you just mentioned him yes. earlier. Uh, he's not been very good with for you then? Uh, he was great his first four starts. He only gave up uh... – Four earned runs in his first 21 innings, and then he went and gave up seven against San Diego. But I can't really fault him because San Diego is just like the hottest offense in baseball right now. So, all righty. And uh, who else did you want to talk about? Uh, I feel like I'm okay with my pitching right now. Yeah. I, I think it just needs. I think it was a bad week. I hopefully it's just a bad week and not a bad two weeks, three weeks. A nice pitching um, staff. I like it. Yeah, and for. How it's gone. Tyler Glasnow, of course, I sat during uh, that 13 ERA week because he was facing the Yankees. I thought that was a terrible matchup for him. For his career, he's been terrible against them. But he actually ended up having the best start. He went five and two-thirds, only gave up two earned runs and struck out eight. When I had guys like Spencer Turnbull and Herman Marquez give up like 15 runs combined. So I'm looking to bounce back in pitching this week. That's my goal is – Looking at my matchups, and I haven't set my roster for the next scoring period, but um, looking to make sure I rebound, and I'm going to try and focus on my pitching this week. All right. Well, everybody's trying to <laughs> turn their pitching staff yeah. around, it seems like. Uh, let's go over to my team really quick. I just have one little tidbit. Uh, uh, oh, there I am. Okay. So, yeah, I had to replace Salvador Perez last night. as I, I There was an issue with floor vision with him, and – at hmm. first, I didn't think much of it because the Royals weren't concerned, but I should have, I should have taken that more seriously as a fantasy owner, because I mean it's catcher. You, you have got to be pitching. able to see the ball. <laughs> well, that, I mean, I, I guess see ball, hit ball, catch ball, field ball. I guess that's with baseball in general. I mean, this is the ultimate. Like you, the eyes are like the most important thing in baseball, right? Yep. I, mean, I guess you could say that about any sport, but more more in baseball. As uh, you know, I've heard uh, narratives about how some of these players are so hyper focused and. They can, uh, their eye levels are just higher than any of normal humans. And then you take that away from an elite player, elite catcher like Salvador Perez. And it's yeah. like, uh, and it sucks because he was just coming out to his own. He was improving his rate stats. Uh, his on base percentage was going up. His batting average was going up. Yeah, he was batting like over 300. Well, I, yeah. It's not a coincidence that my team started doing well when he started doing well. <laughs> 
he's well, the team. He's the team captain. He makes everybody else play better. Hell yeah, man! Uh, I, I go and like I said, I am the number one Mets fans in this league. Uh, I got Dominic <laughs> Smith, uh, you know. Dom Smith, Stan Squad. Shout out. Jake Cronenworth is in all my fantasy leagues. Uh, yep. J.D. Davis. I'm stuck with J.P. Crawford because he's my only guy who could steal bases at this point. Since really this bad. might be the only time we get to talk about Jake Cronenworth because we're not really talking about infielders today, would yep. you believe me if I told you that he has the highest – or among that entire Padres infield, uh, he has the highest WOBA and expected WOBA. Really, wow. Well, actually, wow. on the entire team. It's actually wow. higher than Fernando Tatis Jr., he is absolutely spanking the ball. I am kicking myself because I really liked him and I didn't buy in hard enough and I'm just kicking myself over it. Uh, I didn't know who he was. I think uh, I, I kind of triggered my memory that he was involved in that trade uh, with the Padres, uh, with the Rays this past uh, offseason. Mm-hmm. I think that involved Hunter Renfro. Is that correct? I believe it was the Fam Renfro Xavier Edwards deal. What a deal. Yeah. Holy crap. And I just kind of spotted him. And normally I don't go for these 26-year-old prospects, but this guy just kind of called me. I like the fact that he qualified at two different positions and that he was going to be the second baseman for the Padres every day. Yeah. Uh, in my other league, in my points league, I gave up. Uh, I, I had to cut Wilmer Flores to get back Jake Cornenworth, and I was kind of sad. Because and it's funny because Flores has just had like a hell of a week, and he's one of the better hitters in baseball right now. Yeah. In my points league, he's over 30 points, and I'm kind of yeah. bummed. Like, man, I, sh- I wish I had room for him. But, you know, they, they don't guarantee him at bats. And then yep. Corner were doing the same thing anyway. So yeah. I, I think I'm in a good spot right now. Uh, uh, but uh, no, the thing I wanted to talk about was Christian, Christian Pache. Is that how you pronounce yes. his name? Yeah, Christian Pache, right? Uh, I wasn't expecting him to be called up this season. I mean, the, the, the Braves are just loaded in outfield. They have outfield depth like nobody's business. But then Marquez goes down with COVID, I think. Which is, he was exposed. So he was exposed. They, out of an abundance of caution, which should be the title of the 2020 season, um, mm-hmm. out of an abundance of caution, they put him on the COVID IL, which opened up a spot in the outfield for Christian Pache. Okay. that Okay. So and this is weird because I thought Marque- I, I thought it was um, – I, I got sad when I heard that Marquez might have been exposed or might have gotten it or, or contracted. I wasn't 100% sure. Because Marquez was like – at the beginning of the season, he didn't want to be a part of this season. And then yeah, he had opted out him. originally. Yeah, so, all right, well, hopefully he's okay. Uh, but in the meantime, Pache, uh, like I said, was not expecting him to be called up this early, uh, which means I had to bring him up. You know, Mario Margola, take notes. I had to call him up, <laughs> and I had to find a replacement from one of my minor league slots. We get five, and what I was jumping for joy when I saw that Christian Robinson was available. Christian Robinson – the outfield uh, five-tool player from the Diamondbacks. He is considered a five-tool player, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The arm is, I, I think, okay. I, oh. I'd have to – I, I want to say that's like his little flaw is like the arm. But the plus power, good eye at the plate. The hit tool might be a little swing and missy, kind of like a Joe Adele. Uh, he, like he makes really good contact for his age right now, but it's kind of too early to determine if it's a, a plus hit tool. Or yeah. it is a plus hit tool, but if it's a you know a hit tool that will age well, right? I see what you're do saying. well against advanced pitching. But yeah, there's a lot of question marks with him. I know that he was not even in the top fifty about a year or two ago. I forget when I looked at his name, but I kind of like he expl- he exploded last year in. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say it wasn't a ball. Um, if you will cover for me, I'm looking it up. 
It was either rookie ball or a ball, and I can't remember which. Yeah, he he started off. He was in rookie ball in eighteen, and then was at low A and a ball in twenty nineteen. Played a combined uh, sixty nine games. That's nice, and he did really well in low A ball um, three nineteen four oh seven five fifty eight. Um, slash line, which was good for a 171 WRC plus, which is just insane. And then he played 25 games in A ball and struggled um, 217, 294, 435 slash line. So he's still only 19. So he was probably, I'd say, two and a half years younger than his average player at that level. Mm-hmm. So it's good that they're being aggressive with him, but there's still some hesitance about it. Yeah, uh, and again, he was, uh, as far as I was concerned, he was the best player available to replace Pache in in that minor league slot. But I'm excited to have him on the team. Uh, You know, we only get two more seasons after this one with these minor league players before we have to bid adieu to them because we we restart fresh in year four. But go ahead. And he was just added to the Diamondback 60-man player pool. So he is going to get some form of development. I don't expect him to be called up at all. But no. it's. I think this is actually a really good thing for teams' top prospects because they're coming into these alternate sites and playing against major leaguers, former major leaguers. And, you know, my mom was my basketball coach all throughout playing as a kid. And I would have to play with my older brothers, and they'd absolutely whoop me. And she said, guess what? The only way you get better is by playing people that are better than you. Yeah, and I think true. that is exactly what is going on with some of these prospects. I mean, Jared Kolenic is absolutely tearing it up to the – the tears of Mets fans. I mean, he's out there hitting bombs against everyone that they throw onto the alternate site mound. So I think it's really good for some of these prospects. Yeah, but that, that's why I'm excited. Uh, I know that Pache's I think at one point was considered that player like Christian Robinson, I guess, maybe at one point. But it's so funny. Like, you, you bring – these players get brought up and their stock immediately goes down. But the next, next man up on the prospect list, their stock goes up and now we're talking about them like they're the next big thing. But I'm excited. I uh, wasn't expecting it, but I finally got Christian Robinson on the team. I found a way to get him on. So, And that is the wrap-up to this week in the Fantrax Baseball Life Fantasy Baseball League. Yep. And with you finishing with Pache, I thought it was only right that we bring back my favorite segment so far, which is rapid-fire rookies. And if I were to tell you how many players made their major league debut since the last time we spoke, which was uh, the 14th, so not last Friday, but the Friday before that, how many players do you think made their debuts? This past it, week? It, yeah, it, it last 10 days it's been. Last 10 days, yeah. okay. Because uh, it absolutely blows my mind how many people are making debuts. I'm going to go with the – well, you just mentioned this. I'll go with number 69. No, you're close. It was 39. And I mean, it was both, it was, we had great hitters that made debuts. We had great pitchers Uh, right after we spoke on the 15th, I believe was when the Cardinals went back to playing. Of course, they were led back onto the field by their rookie phenom, Dylan Carlson, very much five tool threat. Um, Christian Pache, as you said, he made his debut just a few days ago and uh, the Sanchez twins. They're not actually related, but Jesus Sanchez and Sixto Sanchez uh, both made their debuts for Miami earlier this week. Six Tote actually pitched yesterday and looked fantastic. He was hitting 100 on corners with sinkers. It's a little frightening. Um, but that Marlins team is not something to mess around with. And then we also saw, you know, 
some of the high-profile arms in Detroit system make their debuts. Um, Tariq Skubal kind of fluttered around a little bit, but he's definitely the more raw of the prospect compared to 2018 number one overall pick Casey Mize. I'm not sure if you watched any of his start. He looked absolutely fantastic. That splitter change that he has, it's absurdly good. That's um, a good game. Yeah, Dane uh, Dunning, uh, for your White Sox uh, fans, Dane Dunning made his debut, uh, showed off a really nice curveball. Um, and then Tristan McKenzie for Cleveland, oh, yes. he pitched last night. And I can't wait for it. I, I really do like Tristan McKenzie. I think he has a lot of potential. But I can't wait for all of these teams to like blow up their fab money and their free agent bids to try and get Tristan McKenzie. And while I do have good hopes for him, we have to take it with a giant grain of salt that he was facing the Tigers. I mean, the Sox just swept the Tigers, and Sox fans were uh, celebrating. Yeah, here, here we come. Here we come. We're going to start climbing up the AL Central standings. I'm like, all right. It's the and then, like you had Pache graduate this yeah. week, I also had a graduation. And this kind of moves us into our topic of the day, which is going to be catchers. I had Joey Bart graduate. Also, another catcher that graduated this week was a. Uh, Kelbert, Kybert, Ruiz, I don't want to mess up his first name. Um, But he looks like he's probably going to be sent back down. Will Smith is slated to start today's game coming off the injured list. But Joey Bart, you know, top overall pick of 2017, I believe, or number two pick. Um, Great college bat, got for real pop. Um, Doesn't walk a whole lot, has a little bit of strikeout issues. But his first three hits so far this year have all been of the extra base variety. when he makes contact, it's a lot of loud contact, which I really do like with him. And with how thin catching has been, especially in our league, which is a two-catcher league, I feel like Joey Bart making his debut is going to really help me. Speaking of which, right here, Joey Bart at the top with, uh, what was it again? A 246-weighted uh, runs created plus. Which Over makes, seven at-bats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which makes him, what, uh, 250% better than league average at this point? <laughs> yeah, this essentially. 146, 146%. Short career. Thank you for that. Uh, anybody, are there, this is the catching list. This is a, a list of catchers I made that might be available. So basically what I did, Sean, you know, I'm in a Fantrix league, which is a very deep league. I'm in my Keeper Points league, which is a very competitive league. I'm also in the Newbie league, which uh, I forgot to mention uh, I just wanted to point out that we do have a newbie league for all the newbie guys there who never played fantasy baseball before. I hope they know that we're still playing. I know a handful of people uh, were kind of shocked that it was still going on, but yeah, I, uh, I've gone, I've checked it occasionally. <laughs> uh, no, man, I, that's uh, part of my wheelhouse, man. I, after the Fantrax league and the keeper league uh, in, in in the CBS league, I go to the to this newbie league. Make sure that I'm on top of my game. And so far, after uh, getting upset uh, in that first period, uh, I been on a winning streak so i'm taking that seriously like i take all my fantasy leagues seriously yes just out of curiosity uh yeah i, st- I see that isaiah kiner falefa is still leading the this catching list in stolen bases but he's not yes. really a catcher and but, yeah he's not playing catcher at all this year because i wanted to I, saw, I noticed something funny with him he does have, still have catcher eligibility but he's been playing mainly third base for them and he also actually collected a start or appeared later in the game at shortstop for the Rangers, and I, I wanted to go see if he had started a game at catcher as well because I wanted to know how many players have started one game at catcher and one game, at least one game at catcher and shortstop 
in the same season because I feel like that's not a very long list. But he has not played one game at catcher this year, so. Yeah, well, I cut him in the newbie league. That's why I kind of wanted to talk about the newbie league. Uh, but how are you doing in that newbie league, by the way? Are you uh, whipping these? I want to no. I'm doing not so great because in the traditional five by five leagues, I usually tend to lose in batting average, and my pitching's just kind of so so. I did. I, I don't know. It's a. I have Winker. I don't know how I feel about that team. <laughs> I, I that was the one I went all out balls to the walls pitching. Like yeah. I had I had Paddock, Scherzer, Clevenger, Kershaw, um, Karinchak, Diaz, Ozuna. Of a lot of the guys are injured or just not performing as well. So we might have to just dedicate a show. I know I'm pretty sure a lot of the guys are not taking it seriously, but we, we probably should dedicate a segment to them one the newbie league one of these days. And for sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, I cut uh, Kiner Falefa because uh, even though he was getting the stolen bases, he's really killing me everywhere else. So, and I end up getting, uh, if I could find him, Austin Nola, who has been like my band aid to my catching problems all season long in all three of my teams. So, uh, Austin Nola is surprisingly still available. I don't know why people don't believe in Nola. I know that not the sexiest of people out there but you know what he plays every day he's somewhat consistent for the position uh any qualms against austin nola that you have over there not necessarily i want to say it was nola for them nola or dylan moore one of the two guys for them that was hitting pretty well but it was like all against fastballs and it was just i'm waiting for the league or for the pitchers to just like stop throwing him fastballs. I can't remember if it was him or more, but two guys for that Seattle team that were kind of surprisingly hitting well. I mean, he he and look at this. He very patient hitter, Austin Ola, 22.2% outside the strike zone swing. Yeah, so I want to say it was Dylan Moore then cuz Dylan yeah. Moore was swinging at a lot. So yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, <laughs> 6.2 swinging strike rate. He he doesn't that's swing great. at bad pitches, so it's not him. And all maintaining a 47.1 hard hit rate, which is the uh, traditional Fangraphs number, uh, 41.2 according to stat cast numbers. So he's uh, he's out there, and in the SPN, he's available in 50% of leagues or so. Yeah, I'm like go pick him up. Yeah. So and any catcher that's getting you know everyday abs is valuable. And I mean, as long as they're producing and, somewhat. Uh, Chris Flores, who's uh, been uh, watching this uh, episode this whole time, is mentioning that uh, Joey Bart almost hit a home run last night. Is that true? Yes. Uh, it was a double far down the left field line, I want to say. Like I said, all three of his hits, he's gone three for seven, and they've all been doubles. And he has a walk and three strikeouts. I think his thing is just going to be keeping the strikeouts in check. Yeah. Um, he has a, like a pretty compact swing. It's just a kind of a – a feel thing. I'm not sure how well he sees the ball, you know, as it comes to the plate and whatnot. I know Giants fans, uh, when they, I'm pretty sure when they see Joey Bart, they're already thinking we have our Buster Posey for the yeah. next 10 seasons. It, they, that... Yeah, that, it's not a fair thing. Posey, I think, was a much more cerebral hitter, even coming out mm-hmm. of college. And of course, we saw what he did his first six, seven years in the league. Oh, yeah. um, but I do think Bart has more of that raw ability. It's just going to be mining it to get everything out of it. And more excitingly for me is that we have a Simpsons reference in Major League Baseball, so that's always good. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, anybody else on this list that kind of catches your eye? I, this is this is a really bad list, but it, it is what it is. We can only go with what's available out there. You anybody out of else? I, I had a list of my own, okay. and of all of the guys on yours, two of them appear on mine. One appears as a uh, – I had a several busts and a couple of breakouts, and one of my busts that I still have hope for is Danny Jansen who is number 15 on your list. And he's been in a, a bit of a timeshare with uh, Reese McGuire, Q Michael Jackson's beat it. Um, but Danny Jansen, you know, he was very much a, a big hyped guy going into the 2019 season. Uh, plus plus plate discipline, good line drive hitter with burgeoning power, you know, the power you could kind of squint and see it coming. And it just kind of fell flat on his face. Um, still played a good amount of games. And this year, he's batting under 200, which isn't great. But he's posting a pretty robust 16.2 walk percentage. And I can see that the plate discipline is starting to show. So maybe the batting average is just going to be slightly behind it. Um, him and McGuire seem to be in a pretty even cut for playing time, though. So if he can get hot, if he's available, I would look into having him. And one more guy also um, at number 12 on your list now is also my bust that I still have hope for, and that's Carson Kelly. Um, once again, Arizona has like three different catchers that they're rotating between. Carson Kelly's not hitting the ball with as much authority as he did and is therefore not getting as much playing time. So I'm a little worried about him. If I had him in a league, I would be tempted to drop I already, him. I already for, did. I already yeah, did. I would be tempted to drop him for someone that's performing a little bit better. Someone like a uh, Chance Cisco, who highlights my breakout list for catchers. Um, I'm a sucker for left-handed hitters. Felipe knows this. Mm -hmm. uh, Chance Cisco is a former top 100, top 50 prospect from 2016 and 17. Always flashed a plus hit tool with solid uh, strikeout and walk numbers in the minors. And then through his first 138 games over 17, 18, and 19, had a K percentage well over 30%. And this year, he actually has the highest weighted runs created plus of any catcher, minimum 50 plate appearances at 180, which is his 268, 434, 610 slash line. It does come with a small caveat. His BABIP is well over as like 415. A little over 400, and his exit velos aren't crazy high. But the thing that is kind of helping him even more is the walk rate. The strikeout rate is still close to 30% or right around 30%. Uh, and the swinging strike is still about 14%, which is his career norm. But right now, he seems to be figuring it out somewhat. And with a catcher like that who always had a good hit tool in the minors. I think it's a good idea to pay attention to it. So I added him in our fan tracks league. Um, he's splitting time with Pedro Severino, who's also having a really hot start. Um, but I don't really buy into Severino like I buy into Chance Cisco. So, yeah, and that's why I didn't have uh, neither of those guys on my list because I thought that Severino was just uh, taking over the entire timeshare, and Cisco was only appearing uh, every once in a while. But uh, after I uploaded this uh, spreadsheet, I realized that that's not the case. And I think you even called it out saying that, well, Severino and Cisco are kind of like 
sharing time at catcher and DH. Yeah. So, when one of them is catching, the other is usually DHing. So. So yeah, I dropped the ball on that one. I do apologize for that. But yeah, those are really nice. I don't know if Severino. I mean, I checked uh, ESPN. Severino's owning like ninety percent of leagues. Yeah, Severino's gotten off. His numbers are a little bit more eye popping. He's batting over three hundred. So I think a lot of people just kind of gravitated to that. Um, but Cisco, if you're in an OBP league, is definitely I think this better play. Um, in a points league, his strikeouts would worry me, so I'd kind of stay away from him. But I I really do like Cisco. Like I said, I'm a sucker for left-handed hitters. Um, and then one guy who I think was on your list, Sean Murphy. Yeah. The Oakland A's. Yes. He is what I'm calling this year's Carson Kelly. He's posting really solid uh, exit velo and hard hit percentages, 91st percentile and exit velo, and 99th percentile and hard hit rate. Um. Once again, a guy with really good prospect pedigree. And while his batting average wasn't showing it the first couple of weeks, it's really started to turn around. I want to say he's batting over 300 in the last week or so. Um, and he has he has the, the full-time gig in Oakland, which is turning out to be a pretty uh, potent offense. Granted, he is at the bottom of it. I would still – I like how he's doing. Um, trying to find his – his last week or so of games. Yeah, he's recorded a base hit in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of his last 11 games, he's recorded a base hit. Um, his strikeouts to walks are just about even over that time period. Um, he's raised his batting average from 143 at the beginning of the month to 232, and he has a three, almost 370 on base. So definitely a guy who, if by some chance he is still available, snatch him up right now. Yeah, because he was on my list. I believe he was like top six, top seven uh, in my catching list. And I was kind of shocked to see his name pop up in one of my leagues uh, as uh, someone that's available. Um, but right now in my in my uh, points league, I, I dropped Austin Nola. After I just told everybody to go pick up Austin Nola. But I recently dropped Nola and picked up Travis Darno because he is just lighting up the baseball. But that was last week, and I think that's where I saw Sean Murphy available. So if all else fails, I know that Sean Murphy's in my back pocket. Yeah. Uh, as, uh, he, he, was, he came in very highly anticipated for me. Uh, Carson Kelly, you mentioned. No, I gave up on him. Uh, I know he's very, he's very intriguing to have, because like you mentioned, he, like all of his uh, – batted ball data shows that he's a guy who just hits the ball with authority and for some reason it's just not translating to fantasy and i think it's one of those things where i am worried about him but i can't give up on him simply because this is such a wacky season that i don't think i'm going to give up on anyone on the same flip side i'm not going to buy into anyone solely because of the numbers they're putting up right now well in terms of darno he did the same thing late last season i remember picking him up late last year and yeah, Travis Darno is another guy who, um, one of the better performing catchers so far. Um, I, I'm happy for him as a longtime Mets fan and Mets player. Um, he kind of got ran out of town. His, his I'll, I'll never forget it. The game before he got DFA'd, he allowed well him and the pitchers. It was mainly the pitchers. He was just coming back from Tommy John surgery, and I believe it was the Braves ran absolutely wild on him and had five stolen bases against him. 
and they interviewed him at his locker and he just he looked lost oh, and uh, of course he had that great second half with Tampa showed uh, the power that we always knew he had and is really getting the lion's share of the catching I think him and Tyler Flowers in yep. Atlanta yeah, and I, I double checked for that too. Uh, like, how, what's the time split there? And it looked like Darno was getting the majority of the timeshare. So, all right, well, if that's the case, I'm going after him. Uh, I also uh, sorted this by age because it's funny that you mentioned Darno, a longtime prospect, a hot shot prospect, uh, catcher from the Blue Jays and the Mets. Uh, uh, and you mentioned that people he, forget he was like a, a top eight, top 10 MLB prospect overall. I mean, people were just over like really in love with this kid and then just it didn't work out for whatever reason but we talked about this in podcast episodes before where it seems like for the catching position you almost gotta wait until they're like 30 31 32 years old like darno he's in his he's yeah they have to juggle so much aside from hitting a baseball which is you know insanely difficult because a lot of these teams they're not gonna play you regularly until they know that you can handle the pitchers and handle a pitching staff unless your bat is just like some sort of next level. And right. so it, it takes Bart. a while. Yeah, Joey Bart and the Adley Rutschmans, who hasn't debuted yet. Um, I know that the Orioles GM had said that Adley Rutschman could make his debut this year if Baltimore wow. was in the playoff hunt. But the thing is, if Chance Sisko and Pedro Severino, who are two of the best hitters on that team right now, are hitting, then where's Rutschman going to play? So I, I doubt space. we see him. I, I, yeah, I doubt we see him this year. But yeah, but it seems like you got you almost got to wait for them to turn 29, 30, 31 years old yeah. to see them hit their stride. I mean, with Yadier Marlina at 37 is still a top 10 catcher in fantasy. He just came back from COVID. Uh, Jason Castro, who I picked up in the Fantrax League that, that we just talked about, uh, he was the best of the bunch. It's a very thin waiver wire because it's a very deep league. But his WRC is uh, plus is over 100. Very patient hitter. That's always been his MO. He's been, always been a very patient hitter. Um, yeah. uh, even when he was with the Twins, the Astros. Oh, well, they cheat over in Houston, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, this is a little bit worrisome, that 15.4% uh, swinging strike rate, but that's fine because it gets offset by a 66.7 hard hit rate and a 92-mile-per-hour 92 92 exit velocity. So the only thing I also I don't like about Jason Castro is that he's a he seems to always have to share time with others for whatever reason, but – it seems like he's hitting his stride at the age of 33 um, with uh, hitting the ball with authority. Uh, so I'm excited. I, I've always liked the guy. I just don't – same thing uh, with uh, – not as much as Darno, but he was also a highly touted prospect from the Houston Astros uh, organization, and it just didn't work out for him in Houston. It kind of worked out in Minnesota, but not really. And now I'm hoping that he gets yeah. the majority. And I, I started off with him. He was a catcher that I, I drafted or picked up right off of waivers at the very beginning. And it's, well, like I said, I'm a sucker for left-handed hitters with plus wall crates. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had a nice little start that I rode. And then he started kind of – he went down with an injury or two. They've The Angels catching situation has been real weird. Uh, Castro has been injured a little bit. Stassi has been injured a little bit. And then Ben Boom has – has one of the wackiest last names ever. Uh, he was playing a few games, so they're really playing musical chairs at that catcher position. You mean it's wackier than the key booms? <laughs> key booms, Ben Boom and Key Boom. <laughs> Carter and uh, his brother Carter's brother was also a catching prospect, and the name escapes me. Right? Is that uh, Carter's the the top catching prospect uh, for the Nationals? Oh, right? Okay. Yeah, um, infielder. But he he had a brother. Uh, his brother was a catcher, Spencer Spencer Keyboom. 
No, no. Carter plays uh, infield, and Spencer yeah. plays catcher. As a catcher. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean that's the thing with the 33-year-old catchers. Is I mean Jason Castro was out uh, out of the lineup for a long time because of back problems. So that's uh, something yeah. else you got to worry about. But hopefully he pays dividends for me. As like I said, not all of these guys were available in that Fantrax league. I mean, it, it's it, Tony Walters is available everywhere. Do I want? Even though he plays for the Rockies. Do I really want to deal with Tony? Slide Walters? across. Do you have WRC plus on your on your spreadsheet? Yeah, of course. You're I gonna do. crack up when you see his WRC plus. Uh, I think last I checked, it was like at six. Uh, zero. Oh, zero. <laughs> wow. Bad. 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 And this is a guy that gets regular at bats, plate appearances for the Rockies because I yeah, don't know why. Sixty plate appearances and he has a zero WRC plus. That's awful. But uh, uh, poor guy. if 2020 was a catcher, he'd be Tony Walters. But <laughs> that's it for catchers, unless you got anybody else to mention. No, that, 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 that's it. Um, right, like I said, out. be aggressive on the waiver wires. If you see any of the, those guys that we just talked about, if they're available, I would go get them, um, especially if the guys you have are injured, not producing. Um, if you have like a Mitch Garver, you know, I, I wouldn't go dropping Mitch Garver just yet, even though his 40% strikeout rate is pretty worrisome. Um, I would hope you have a worse player to, to drop, but you would definitely need a replacement for him now that he's on the IL or, you know, someone like Gary Sanchez, you might want to sit and put somebody else in. Uh, and the, you guys are now looking at the relief pitching. That's our last topic conversation. Uh, really quick, uh, funny story. Uh, our guy, Matt Bushnell, as we try to do some cross promotion here, uh, the audible, I'm sorry, the football life presents the audible over at football life with Randy Hammond. They do a podcast, a football podcast over there. In kind of the same format that we're doing it right now, if you guys are not aware. Uh, he just dropped uh, Mitch Garver. He finally gave up on him. I forgot who he picked up in our in our uh, points league, but he dropped him and, uh, as he just had enough of him. Yeah. So that's kind of funny that uh, that Garver was a top-five catcher to start the season, and now, he's, now you're suggesting that it might be time to cut him at this point. At any rate, that's, that's the life. Um, what are we doing here? You know what? I made a boo-boo here. This is Taylor Rogers of the Twins. I meant to type in his brother. Tyler uh, Rogers? Yeah. Or Trevor, so, Trevor, Trevor Rogers. Trevor, so, no, Trevor May, Trevor Rogers. I don't even know. There's but, a lot of them. That's very confusing. I'm going to go ahead and delete this. Uh, I, yeah, because uh, Rogers from the San Francisco Giants uh, was a, uh, among the league leaders in holds in our Fantrax League uh, in terms of the waiver wire. And I meant to put his name. And instead, I put uh, the Twins closer, which... Yes. Yeah, he should not be available. But you know who might be available is Taylor Williams. For the, It seems like every week we're talking about Taylor Williams. Hey, you need saves. That's the guy to get. And it seems like every week the Mariners have a new saves guy that I need to go add. <laughs> Last year it's like Austin Adams and Eric Swanson, and, and now we have Taylor Williams, who actually, compared to the other guys, I do think shows some legitimate promise. Um, yeah. really good slider coming out of the Brewers system. And of course, you know, the Brewers have developed several good relief pitchers over the years. Um, slightly breaking news that the San Francisco Giants just DFA'd Hunter Pence. That's uh, a sad ending to a, a long standing career in a city. Uh, all good things come to an end, man. Yeah. yeah. Especially after he was an all star last year. So he, he was really struggling batting under 100. But uh, yeah, Taylor Williams looks pretty good. Um, I'd want to say he's a big time slider guy. Uh, well, it, it's him, uh, him, and the guy that's uh, pitching for Milwaukee right now as well. Not Josh Hader. It's the Milwaukee reliever. Not that's not Josh. Devin Devin or Devin Williams. Um, 
I had his name written down and I don't have it anymore. Well, I, I, uh, look for the name. I just want to mention some red flags with Taylor Williams, which would explain why he's still available. I mean, it's a 56 point, oops, wrong blue. 56% hard hit rate uh, traditionally from Fangraphs, and uh, it's a little bit better on the stat cast number, 40%. Still pretty darn high. 12% barrel rate against. So uh, 91.1 mile per hour exit velocity. So he throws hard at 94.8 miles an hour uh, on that fastball, uh, although, I don't, like you mentioned, it might not be his primary pitch. But, you know, it, it, they, he also gets hit hard too. So that might be the reason why he's still available. It's one of the reasons I, I'm kind of uh, reluctant to pick him up. But if you need saves, as long as he's the primary closer, uh, this, the pickings are slim. As we mentioned uh, in podcast be- episodes before, relief pitcher is going to be such a headache to deal with. So when you can get one that an, a legit closer that's going to be uh, guaranteed the ninth inning spot, you go out and grab him. Yeah, this is a guy, Devin, or a, oh my, Devin Williams is the other guy, but Taylor Williams is the guy we're talking about right here. And he is a guy who underwent a massive uh, pitch mix change. Uh, Last year in 2019 when he was with the Brewers, he threw his fastball over 60% of the time and his slider only 31% of the time. And his fastball just got eaten up. They batted 450 against it uh, with a 550 slugging. And his slider, though, which he was only throwing 30% of the time, was a great pitch. They batted under 170 and had a 50% whiff rate. And so this year he did the whole Patrick Corbin and is now throwing his slider 55% of the time. That's an increase of 20% through whiffing 55% of the time on it and batting 125. So it's a legitimate, you know, dominant pitch. The fastball, they're still batting about 290 on it. Uh, but like you said, he has pretty good velocity on it. I want to say the spin rate's about average, but he, when he does get hit, he does get hit hard. And when I think of someone like that, I think of someone who is on your list who is one of my favorites, and that is Josh Stalmont for the Royals. He is number 15, and he is the epitome of that. Um, I want to say he's in, like, the first percentile of exit, – yeah, exit velocity against. He's in the first percentile in 19th percentile in hard hit rate. But in his expected WOBA, expected ERA, expected batting average, all of that, He's 90% or greater, and he's 98% or greater in expected batting average, K percentage, and whiff percentage. He is striking everybody out. He has a one of those – you know when you see a relief pitcher who comes in, throws like 100 miles an hour, and you're like, this guy has the goods. This guy is an elite-level closer. That's Josh Stalmont. Um, he had always had really bad walk issues in the minors, and – he came into spring training this year and I noticed it because I happened to watch a game and he struck out three guys on like 10 pitches and he was just like throwing hundred miles an hour. And he had never hit that. He used to sit 94, 95 and now he's averaging 98 and a half and hitting 100 consistently. And it's just an unhittable pitch. He has a, a, a curveball that has a 68.2% whiff rate. Mm. Um, and when I see a fastball curveball combo like that, I think of my other favorite relief pitcher who everyone is finally getting to know. I've been touting him for about a year now, and that's James Karinchak. Um, these two guys just have that dominant fastball-curveball combo that you love to see in an elite relief pitcher. And they yeah. both have elite-level strikeout rates because of it. 
And he probably, oh God, 59.8% contact rate. It's like, he's literally unhittable. Yeah. Uh, and he also made headwind because John Boy mentioned him this past yes, year. Yes, he was the one who had the fastball that was basically down the middle and the umpire called it a ball. It was 100 miles an hour. It was a little high, but it was well within the K zone. And the umpire called it a ball. And it's like you saw the catcher do like a double take. He was like, wait, what? And he kind of like turned around. He didn't say anything. But, uh, yeah, Josh Dalmont went viral because of that. But he should also be going viral for that 46.9 strikeout percentage. The man is dominant. And the main reason I like him is that Trevor Rosenthal is second in the league in saves. He has – or he's tied for third with six. Mm -hmm. And he's a legitimate trade piece that the Royals could move to a contender. And if Trevor Rosenthal gets traded to a contender, Josh Dalmont has to be the closer in waiting for the Kansas City Royals. And he's going to be one of those late-season saves targets that if you're losing saves every week down the stretch, he could be the guy that you target and pick up now. That way you aren't losing saves later. Yeah, and the most importantly, if you're in a holds league, he's, you should already be picking him up because yeah. he is, uh, already has four holds and that ridiculously high strikeout rate. On the- uh, getting back to the saves, though, uh, can we talk about Ryan Presley really quick? Yes. It seems like he's finally back from injury and looks like he got some saves this past week. Is that the case? Yes. So, yeah, this was supposed to be the heir apparent to Roberto Asuna, and then he got hurt. And, but he's always been that guy that, man, if the Astros can just find space for him to be the ninth inning guy, this guy could be a legit yep. closer in fantasy. And is he finally getting to that point, or is he still – He was one of those guys. He's not as dominant as he's been the last year and a half, but – he was once again one of those, oh, Houston trades for a start or st- trades for a pitcher. And then essentially overnight, he's insanely good. And of course, Trevor Bauer has his own opinions on why they seem to do so well. But I think Ryan Presley had a legitimate weapon in Minnesota and they hadn't capitalized on it yet like they're doing now with some of the early pitchers like Matt Whistler, who's throwing his slider. 84% of the time or 80% of the time. Like, it's insane. Um, if they had had the same guys then that they do now with Presley, I think Presley could be that guy in Minnesota. That being said, now that he finally has the ninth inning, he's dealt with injuries, and he's 31. He's a little bit older. I'm slightly worried about him. Uh, I used to be high on him, but now I'm kind of worried. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a uh, – What's the concern there? I just think it's one of those he's never been a ninth inning guy, and I don't I, I don't want to make it sound like it's you know a mental thing with him, but it's the peripherals aren't that great this year, and I, I think he's pitching hurt. I mean he's already dealt with a couple of injuries this year, and I just don't feel like he's one hundred percent. But he realizes that the team needs him mm-hmm. with Ozuna out and just that bullpen in a constant state of flux. I mean, right now he's pitched seven and two-thirds innings and has a 1.96 whip. That's not good. <laughs> no. I, I had him uh, in my points league to start the year off, and it's, it's oh, it was such a disaster. And then he got hurt, and I never looked back. But I saw that he's still available in that points league. and uh, he's Yeah, been, he's uh, lost about a tick on the fastball from 95.5 miles an hour to 94.5. And, and hitters are batting 430 against it, and they're batting over 300 against his uh, slider which last year they batted uh, 176. So, so beware of Ryan Presley. Yeah. 
he's definitely got the high upside of being a closer on one of the best teams in baseball, but it's like, I'm, I'm worried. (laughs) What about these guys that I just highlighted here? Brandon Kinsler, Trevor got, well, not Sergio Romo because uh, he's not a real closer. He's just there every once in a while. But what about these two guys, Brandon Kinsler and Trevor got, I don't want either of those guys. I, I, Trevor (laughs) got just got lit up like four outings in a row. I feel so bad for the guy because he had two blow up outings and then Gabe Kapler was like, yep, you're good to go. Go back out there. And it was so funny because so many people had went and picked him up because he had four, four early saves. And then he goes out there and, as Keith Hernandez said, got his tits lit. And it was just brutal. And he just kept giving up home run after home run. Yeah, he's got the 7.36 home run per nine after this last week. Um, wow. It was just a brutal week for him. Brandon Kinsler doesn't move the needle for me. Um, Sergio Romo I I still love Sergio Romo is out there throwing frisbee sliders he's going to do it till he's 50 and I would 100% be okay with it and I do think he's going to hawk more saves because he already has three yeah as well as how many holds I just had it pulled up Uh, I got you man he has six holds yeah six holds that's a if you're in a a league that does saves plus holds um, that's a, a, a quality relief pitcher that you need to be starting and um, the the main reason I like him and why I like his ability to steal saves is that the main closer in Minnesota is a left-hander. Yeah. And uh, Rocco Baldelli's already talked about that when they're facing a lineup who in the ninth inning is predominantly right-handed, he might go to Romo instead of May. Um, is, is May the lefty or is Rogers the lefty? I always forget. Uh, Ro- t- uh, Rogers is the lefty. That's the reason yeah, I've he, always been. May, May's been the fireman and Rogers has been the uh, the closer. Maybe. Yeah, that's, so that's why I, I'm always wary about picking up Taylor Rogers because he is left-handed, but he gets the ninth inning opportunities. But if it were up to me, I would have Trevor May as the closer. But this is a brand new ba- – we talk about it all the time. There's a brand new baseball, brand new world. Uh, the, like you mentioned, the fireman, the best – Relief pitcher, not it doesn't always mean that he's going to be the closer. It just means he might be needed in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning. So, yeah, this is what cracks me up about uh, Sergio Romo. He's throwing that slider seventy-one point six percent of the time, and he's not even getting that many whiffs. He's getting twenty-three point three percent whiffs, but it had they're batting one oh five against it and have a, only a two oh six expected BA. And he hasn't given up a hit on his changeup. His changeup's getting sixty-two percent whiffs. Um, he has thrown a grand total of 23 fastballs and sinkers and has only given up one hit. Like, it's insane. You, you sh- showed his whip when you were scrolling by his name earlier. It's like .44. Uh, Sergio Romo? Yeah. I, yep. Like I said, this is a guy I, I don't – in 2019, 99th percentile of exit velocity, 100 percentile of hard hit rate. Uh, they actually haven't updated his percentile rankings for 2020 yet. Um, I don't know why they should. He's been awesome. All right. So yeah, I I, I like the Sergio Romo uh, selection train. there too. Choo choo. <laughs> uh, let's switch it over to holds. Let's sort this by holds really quick. Uh, we got Evan Marshall, who's basically hawking, so to speak, all the holds that Aaron Bummer would get if he weren't injured. Um, any thing to say about Evan Marshall for all the White Sox fans out there? He was the one guy I actually left out among all of the guys that are tied for sixth or um, tied at six for holds just because I think Evan Marshall's kind of a boring pitcher. <laughs> Maybe it's, 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's his name's Evan Marshall. That just seems really boring. But um, at holds, you have Tyler Duffy. Um, that's the other Minnesota guy, I believe. Yes. Um, he has eight holds. Tanner Rainey, who could be – right now he's getting uh, – Daniel Hudson is getting all the saves for Washington. But yes. Tanner Rainey has – he has the Josh Stalman on him. He throws 100 miles an hour, great slider some control issues. Um, but right now he's getting a lot of the holds for him. And then tied at six are Jake Diekman, Sergio Romo, Justin Wilson, Emilio Pagan, Tyler Rogers, and Evan Marshall. And Yusmero Petit, I think, was one. Yeah, uh, the, those last two guys are right here next yeah. to each other. Uh, and again, this is odds are these guys would be available in your league. That's yep. why the, the other and names were not. Justin listed. Wilson might be a name to keep tabs on. Yeah. Uh, both him and Edwin Diaz, for those that don't know, the Mets plan to move Seth Lugo, who's been the, the bona fide closer kind of. Um, they're moving him to the rotation. So that's going to open up some save opportunities for guys like Justin Wilson, who the Mets really do seem to like. Really quick, I just want to get back to Evan Marshall. Uh, 41.3 outside of strike zone swinging rate. Uh, that's pretty damn good. I think he gets to force people, hitters, to chase for pitches that they shouldn't be swinging at. So that's that's a skill, I guess. 14% swinging strike rate. And he's done a pretty good job replacing Aaron Bummer. Um, like I said, he got hurt. 92.9 mile per hour. I believe Evan Marshall is a left-handed pitcher. I believe. Yeah, um, I might be, I might be wrong on that Because this is I, – I feel I was – I'm doing all of our listeners a disservice the fact that I did not look him up. Um, yeah, he's doing a good job missing barrels. Yeah. Um, I couldn't have even – oh, he throws a changeup a lot. That's what it is. Okay. He throws a changeup 40% of the time, um, and it's a pretty good, damn good pitch. Yeah. So um, that and his curve, yeah. He only throws the fastball sinker combined 30%, and his fastball gets absolutely shellacked. <laughs> surviving on guile and craft yep so Sir, hey he's he's sergio romo except like 10 years younger <laughs> and change-ups yeah uh, you, you mentioned justin wilson uh who i mean 21.7 hard hit rate i mean that's what we're looking for uh, but there's there's a lot of mixed reviews for him i mean the fastball is still up there i don't know if he's still a fastball only pitcher he, but... he throws a lot of cutters it, it, okay. he's basically turned it into a cutter and a lot of the mets we've started seeing i think that's a thing that they started last year um, when they brought in their, their new pitching strategist. Um, and then Jeremy Hefner, the new pitching coach, came in from the Twins organization. Um, Wilson was throwing a cutter. Marcus Stroman, towards the end of last year, was throwing a cutter um, and was having really good success with it. Uh, this year, he's throwing the cutter uh, 45% of the time so far. Um, it's actually getting hit more than his – uh, fastball. His fastball last year was the worst pitch, and his cutter was great. This year, his fastball has been the plus pitch, and his cutter's been getting hit. So, growing pains, learning a new pitch, I guess. All right, and uh, I just remember that Leon and I talked about both Justin Wilson, Yusmero Petit. I give him some props for mentioning Justin Wilson as being a guy that he goes after because of the holds, because he knows as a left-handed. Yeah, pitch, he's, he's always gonna, been a, a consistent holds guy. He's going to get those opportunities. We already talked about Yusmero Petit a long time ago. There's no need to talk about him right now. 35 years old. You know what you're getting from him. Low strikeouts, low walks. Uh, I believe he also has a low whip. Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he's one of those. He basically is solely good for holds and whip. He's not going to help you in Ks. He, his nope. ERA is going to be so-so. Yeah. But yeah, he's like but, a really deep or AL only type uh, relief pitcher. Uh, let's see. The guys with the five holds. 
just pick one name that you want to talk about here. Nick Whitgren, Craig Stammen, or TJ McFarlane. Do I have to? Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Nick Whitgren, I, I would pick him. Uh, Indians, I like how they develop relief pitchers. Uh, actually, <laughs> and just this, pitchers in general. I believe Whitgren um, came from the Padres organization, and, and he was involved in the uh, Brad Hand. Is that if I remember correctly? I, oh, I don't boy, know. Questioning um, myself. Oh, no, he was a Marlins traded to the uh, oh, okay. Indians. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm confusing players. That was Adam Simber. It was Adam Simber and Brad Hand that got traded to um, – Cleveland. Cleveland for Francisco Mejia and Adam okay. Simber's like the submariner who I'm not even sure if he's in baseball anymore. <laughs> All right, never mind about that. Sorry for the confusion. So yeah, Nick Wickland, uh, it's a solid choice there if you can get it. Uh, Six point five strikeout yeah. per walk rate. I'm I'm looking at his numbers on Baseball Savant and they're not exactly enthusiastic. It, it looks like he's pitching a little over his head, but yeah, who knows. Bit. But, you know, uh, in terms of fantasy, that's good. But you got to be worried about the high contact rates. The He does not induce a lot of swings. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little concerning. 10% barrel rate. But as long as he's getting the holds, you don't really care about other stuff until he stops not getting the holds if you're in a holds league. Um, Matt Barnes, Richard Blyer, James Hoyt. You already mentioned Josh Stoutman, Tony Watson, Tyler Clifford. Uh, any of these guys, aside from Matt Barnes, because he's going to be the guy um, in Boston, in, yeah, in Boston to get the save. So that's a cheap one, but he already blew a save. Uh, yeah. Uh, and of course, we talked about Josh Stoutman. Uh, any of these guys intrigue you to be future potential closer? I mean, I, I know I already talked about him, but Josh Stoutman, I, I, I'm just going to harp on. He's so good. And it was funny because I'm in that, that giant 30-team dynasty that I always reference. And he was available. And I waited until just about a week and a half ago to add him. And I, I was so worried that somebody was going to pick him up because I saw him in spring training. And, you know, there were some news reports that were like, oh, here's this guy who used to average 95, and now he's averaging 198.99. And it's just – he's got such a great – arsenal for a starting pitcher even though when he does give up contact it's very loud contact but when I went back and I looked at all of the base hits he's given up so far this year all but two of them came in two strike counts so that's something that I look at and say hey maybe it just needs to be a pitch mix thing Um, it seems like he would get ahead and go to the curveball and hitters know that when he's ahead, he likes to throw his curveball and would sit back on it. Even though it's a dominant pitch that generates whiffs over 60%, if a hitter's guessing for it, chances are they're going to be able to hit it. So uh, I think he needs to do a little bit better of, you know, keeping hitters off balance, you know, kind of changing up the pitch mix. But his stuff is as good as anybody's in baseball. Uh, I think the last guy I want to talk to about before we wrap it up here, uh, James Hoyt, he kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't wasn't expecting to find a James Hoyt that uh, is among the league leaders in terms of the waiver wire and holds 33 year old, uh, 38.5% strikeout rate. Um, you have anything on the docket for James Hoyt? Uh, another one of those big time slider guys giving up a lot of loud contact, but he's whiffing, making a lot of uh, generating a lot of whiffs. There we go. I couldn't get the phrase out. Um, He's with the Marlins, correct? Yeah. That's what it says um, here, yeah. That, that entire bullpen right now is in flux. You never know 
Um, he's 33 years old. I'm not really sure if they're going to prioritize him over, over some of their other guys. Um, you're not even sure if he's going to last when some of their guys come back from the COVID IL. So I, I would keep an eye on it. He's, he's probably a deep league ad um, or an NL only, but someone to keep an eye on for sure. I, I wouldn't pull the trigger. I, I would keep an eye on him though. And if you're in a Holtz league, you might as well just go get them right now. I mean, the rate stats are just – if you're in a categories league, the rate stats are just ridiculous with this guy. Yeah. Uh, 38.5 strikeout rate, as mentioned. 3.9 walk rate, which equals to a 10 uh, strikeout per walk ratio. 10 double-digit strikeout per ratio uh, – per walk ratio. So that's pretty damn good. All right. Uh, anybody else you want to talk to about uh, on this uh, that we haven't talked about in white here? Um, the one that – and it relates to my fantasy, my 30 team, and I want to ask you a question, sure. is – these two relief pitchers were just released within the last few days. And I went and I picked both of them up, dropping a couple of prospects to do so. Even though my team is stacked at relief pitcher, I have Edwin Diaz, all these guys that I've told you, Edwin Diaz, James Karinczak, Sergio Romo, Josh Dalmont. I have all of these guys. I'm absolutely loaded at RP. But these are two older former relief aces that were dropped in a league where over a thousand men are rostered. Andrew Miller and Adam Onavito were both released and I picked both of them up because I still think that there is a upside play. Um, Andrew Miller so far, if you look at him, he has a ERA over five and a half and a whip over two. But if you look at his baseball savant page, 84th percentile and hard hit percentage, 96th percentile and expected WOBA, um, 96th percentile and expected ERA. Um, his expected ERA is 281, which is almost three runs less than his actual ERA. Um, his fastball is barely cracking 90. It's down to 90 and a half. But the slider, which has always been the go-to, he's actually ha- had some bad luck on it. Has a 159 expected ba- uh, batting average, and they're actually hitting 286 against it. And I need to have someone come off my roster. I have to release someone with Yandy Diaz, I thought he was going to be missing more time than he is. And I don't know if I should release one of those two guys. Ottavino is Chapman is back. Britain's about to go on the IL. Britain of course is second in the league in saves so far, but with Chapman back and Britain going on the IL, it seems that um, Chapman's going to get most of the saves. Ottavino only has, 10 strikeouts over nine innings, which is unlike him. He's usually an elite strikeout guy. Um, should I drop Adam Onovino? Am I just crazy here? Or should I drop Andrew Miller? Oh, boy. I mean, was, I, mean I also have Jay Reese Familia, who I think both of those guys could potentially be better than Familia. But Yeah, this is a tough one. Because I, I, my first inkling is to maybe you should just drop Miller, but he's – getting some opportunities yeah, right now. Because and that bullpen for them is like, they don't know. He picked up a couple of saves uh, recently. So it, that's the one thing is the reason I'm keeping both him and Ottavino around is if they pick up some saves, then they might be of some use. Yeah. Um, same thing with Ottavino. I've always liked Ottavino. I'm a big fan of his, but I just don't like the opportunities he, he, yeah. he's been getting. Uh, but, you know, he's – that seems to be the theme for today is that that's another one of those guys who just loves to throw those breaking pitches and he gets encouraged to throw those breaking pitches at a very uh, liberal rate. So it will, I guess Andrew Miller too, but I do like Adovino slightly more than I do Miller yeah, at this point. I agree. Um, but I, mean, I don't have the, 
the stats to look up. I'm kind of just looking it up right now as we're talking. Um, but yeah, I mean the the K per and nine I is mean, a little. I mean, Miller's just year. been so bad the last few years that maybe I'm thinking that his baseball savant, his metrics right now are just small sample size. But it's like All even small sample size, man. <laughs> yeah, and when you look at his ERAs over the last three years, they've been over four, but he's still shown a um, batting average against have all been pretty low. So it's, I don't know. I I think it's It's just the fastball with him is just so gone that they, they're just sitting on it now, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I feel like he's too good to just release, but I'm, I'm stacked at relief pitcher and we only have four RP slots in a daily uh, format. So I do my best to kind of rotate him in and guess who's going to be used. But I I thought Andrew Miller, that was kind of the conundrum I'm in that I would share. Yeah. And they're pretty much at the, they're pretty much have the same plate discipline profile where Andrew Miller's at 27.9 outside the strike zone swing rate. Uh, Miller or Aravino is at 22.9 and it's just been it's just been dropping since 2015 below 30 percent so it's like something's off about him I thought he was doing a lot better than that only an 8.2 swinging strike rate uh, according to Fangraphs and that's with Miller, Miller? No, that's or... with Aravino oh. I'm actually gonna put it right there Oops. Uh, while Miller is at 11.5 so yeah it's a lot very concerning with Adovino. I thought he was doing better because I know that he's yeah. like a big slider guy. And yeah, and his – I mean, the, the well. strikeouts are just – I mean, he was a guy who the strikeouts were always, you know, his big thing. And now it's 10 and in nine innings. I mean, that's – this is a guy who his last year in Colorado in 77 innings struck out 112 guys. So, yeah, maybe the thin air was helping him. And, 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 and last year in Yankee uh, – with the Yankees, his first year, um, he really skated around a lot of luck. He had a 1.3 whip, which is, you know, bordering on not good. And he had a 1.9 ERA. Um, he still had – he had 88 strikeouts and 66 innings, but he had 40 walks and 47 hits. Walks have always been an issue with him, and I think I'm talking myself out of Ottavino right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to drop like it. it. Let me – I just as I say that, um, trying to look at his splits because Miller seems to just be getting crushed by – right-hand pitchers right now where that slider is a bit neutralized. And that's something else while you look that up. Uh, one positive about Adovino is that he only has an 85.8 mile per hour exit velocity, uh, whereas Miller is at 90.6. So it's like – it's tough. I mean, it's a really tough look, They both but... have platoon issues. That That's kind of what I'm seeing right now Yeah, is – I don't know. I'll make a decision. Yeah, sorry I couldn't be much help. I, I was oh, not no, expecting you're... Adam Adovino to be into the mix, but no, he's not been he's not been doing very well. And he, he's a guy that if oh, I mean could turn it on at any second, and if Aroldis Chapman sure. has some injuries coming back, if and Zach Britton, of course, is I think getting an MRI or was supposed to be getting an MRI, then Adam Adovino is kind of the the ideal decision for saves and which case he becomes much more valuable. You would think you would think that. You would think that for sure. Um, but uh, so far no saves and Yeah, no no saves so far, but one blown save. So his path that. his path there seems slightly easier. 
Yeah, that's true. But uh, right now, with the Cardinals bullpen the way it is, it seems like Miller's already there. So, but if you're looking for long term, maybe you want to get out of Vino. But we all know who the main closer for um, the Yankees is, no matter what. Yeah, with the Cardinals, we don't know. It could be Gallegos. It could be John Gant has looked very good as well. John Gant, another guy that we probably should have mentioned on this list. Um, peripherals are off the charts. Um, he had a great first half in 2019 before falling off. So be sure to go check out him. All right. And that's a good place to stop. Uh, I think so. Any last words from you? Uh, no, that's um, – I'm glad you guys were able to uh, come catch some fantasy baseball talk with us. Didn't yeah. – <laughs> um, I'm glad I was able to move the Josh Stalmont hype train along. And I'm glad I was able to put the entire Fantrax League on notice. That way they could see that I'm 6-1-1 one, and one, and that they're just staring up at me on top of the hill right now. For now. I mean, <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> for now. Like, Let's hope I don't uh, have another 7 or 10 ERA week. Yeah, like I said, I'm just waiting for you to get hit by the injury bug or for um, variance or not variance, the other one. Um, I guess I guess it would be variance for, for, for variance to catch up to you and what was – going well for you will start going bad for you and then i just kind of like sneak in and take back the take back what's mine which is being at the top of the leaderboard as i'm slowly but surely climbing up and trying to catch up to you but we'll see what happens next week um it's been fun and that like I said good luck to everybody this week yeah thank you guys and if you want to if you missed us on facebook you can catch the uh, video over at YouTube. Uh, it'll also audio only be posted via Anchor to all of your favorite streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Music, and Stitcher. So you yeah. can catch the audio version there as well. Yeah, and give us uh, a follow, man. What was that? It was a follow. Yeah, give I us say, a follow. Give us a follow. Yeah, some follows, comments, whatever you want. Good, bad, we'll take it. Um, hopefully we covered all the bases for you guys today, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>